What's up, everyone? This is episode six of BS with RNS podcast. At this point, I'll be completely honest with you. I cherish naps over sex right now. (laughs) (laughs) If that that makes any sense at all, (laughs) I do. Hey, I'm not going to like Malone's Steakhouse or anything like that. It's like, hey, you want the flail fish? All right, let me get like ten of those. Ain't that. Wants... Fish coming out of this water. Oh, exactly. Oh Lord, how much <laughs> was that made? Was that fish made here? No. <laughs> no. Oh, thank God. Did anybody see Ant Man? Did you see Ant Man? Uh, I did everything but watching Ant Man. Uh, I think my tails needed clipped that night, so I just said that. <laughs> it was self grooming night. This Side guy over here said he's smoking, and I don't yes. even understand what that means. Somebody stop him. Why? <laughs> What's he doing? That's one of those things where. Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Rich. And this is Sean. My guy. Episode 6. What's going on, dude? Uh, nothing much, man. Uh, busy last week. Uh, work, of course, being the bullshit that that is. Uh, going along with that. Uh, but you did get your computer to work. I finally got my computer to work. Thanks to my Lex Luthor-like son, <laughs> who basically came over and within five minutes had... We going Lex Luthor we going Brainiac here? Uh, he has feelings, so I'll go with Lex Luthor on this one. He's not trying to conquer everything right now, so we'll go with we'll go with Lex Luthor. He, he's that's why I've always joked around with Micah is he he is one like bonk upside the head becoming the actual Lex Luthor because the boy is just a genius. So you didn't have to return a third laptop, so Best Buy is not going to kick you out. But you did have to you did have to buy another two hundred dollar attachment. I think best, absolutely. I think Best Buy at this point knew my track record, and it's like, oh my god, it keeps going up in price. We're not going to kick him out. By the time he's said and done, it'll be two thousand dollars he spent at this at our establishment. So let him keep coming back. But well, other than well, that, let yeah. me help you, sir. Let me exactly. Uh, we should have just signed you up for the Geek Squad. <laughs> yeah, which I learned that the hard way too. That you have to have an appointment to get in there. So, I mean, it's just it's not like the Apple Store where you can just usually go in and yeah talk to a barista or whatever the f- they're called over there. So I'm surprised you don't have to have an appointment to go to the fast food joint these days. I'll give it time. So you're right. still young, but so yeah. got it working. Got everything working. So I'm streaming right now on my brand new Mac Air. Um, wife's not happy about that, but I, I love her to death. But it is what it is at this point. I got a bonus from doing bullshit last year, and it was a pretty good bonus. Before, well, it was even great before Uncle's, Uncle Sam basically got his paws on it. Of course. But other than that, yeah, my little girl had her first trombone solo. Word. It, yeah, yeah, it was kind of surreal seeing that. I mean, because I grew up in band and I that's the instrument I played was the trombone. And just seeing my daughter basically go down that path as well, too, was surreal. Is it your trombone? No, it's not. Oh, damn. <laughs> I see. Unfortunately, I'm, my brother at our old house cannot find our own trombone so 
one or two things is either gone or somebody stole it one or two but my main thing thinking was like sitting there with my wife or watching her do that is like i really wish my mom was here to see that because it probably would have been surreal yeah she watched her son basically perform a solo in front of a lot of people and now her granddaughter is doing it so i like to think she's out there looking down basically just exactly (laughs) seeing the progression so and like I said, that was just very surreal for me. So how was it? Because Cole Cole plays trombone too, but he's oh, using wow. Kim's old trombone, so it's like it's passed down. And oh, believe me, that was when she when she first stated that because the reason why she wanted to do trombone because she would hear the stories up from Grandma about Dad, Dad basically <laughs> playing trombone. So I guess she got interested in that way. So that's like i said it's it's just i know it's like the thing but just seeing that your kid mm-hmm. basically is doing the same thing that you did at that age is it it's mind-blowing yep to say the least so my favorite thing is cole's using kim's uh marching horn and like towards the end of band like kim wanted to get out of it and, and uh, anybody who know her dad played for osu marching band is kind of a musical prodigy in my opinion can mm-hmm. pretty much play anything and like it was like a bribe <laughs> like he went out and got her a, a concert uh, <laughs> a, an actual concert uh trombone and cole keeps asking can i play the concert horn hell no hell no <laughs> nope you're not you're not ready you're not, not ready that, you're not that guy pal so yeah that's still in a nice case in the basement yeah, but, it would have been even more like mind blowing if she was actually playing my trombone. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. So that that one really would have thrown me through a loop. But I, uh, I obviously I played trumpet, but uh, one of my buddies he actually plays in a Rick James cover band, and they play trombone and trumpet and stuff like that. And he plays trombone, and he was like, you know, I really want to try to start playing the trumpet. So I sold my trumpet to him. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, please, Cole, don't ask to play the trumpet. Don't ask to play the trumpet. I already sold it. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. I he... mean, that's <laughs> awesome right there because if anybody knows anything about Rick James, his horn section was just bar none, one of the best. Yeah. So somebody doing a tribute band to that is pretty f- awesome right there. Yeah. Subject line Herb, if you can believe that. he He's the one in the band and he's. He they all wear their white shirts and they go and they play. And they usually do like clubs and bars and stuff, but I don't know if he's uh, it's been a while, but I think they did something around Christmas time. But yeah, he's still doing it, he's still playing. Did he go yeah. around punching people in the forehead with the unity <laughs> ring? <laughs> unity, <laughs> I was cold blooded. No, but there might be some marijuana going around the club when they're playing. Who knows? Do what you gotta do. <laughs> nice place. <laughs> <laughs> that part out <laughs> that's one of my favorite <laughs> buy a new one you rich mother <laughs> no hell no I didn't, I didn't grind my dirty ass shoes in the roof Charlie well, I mean, what kind couch. of what kind of man would i look like grinding my yeah, yeah i remember grabbing <laughs> yeah i remember grinding my feet into his couch I have a bar now. One of the funniest bits I have ever seen in my life, right there. Oh yeah, dude, that was that was. Buy like, a new one, you rich motherfucker. <laughs> that that's 
That, <laughs> it's just like that meme I sent out <laughs> where it's just something breaks at work and it's just Rick James on the couch. Buy no one, you rich motherfucker. That is so true. I mean, really, <laughs> printer breaks. <laughs> Computer breaks. Exactly. <laughs> We're just filling the gag reel now, buddy. <laughs> I've already got it in my head. Yay. Uh so this so how was your week, week last it, week, man. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. Weather was really nice yesterday. So uh the wife and I got outside, cleaned the patio off, and raked a lot of the junk that was still in the yard from so when I when I fell and hurt my back, like I was gonna go and do the last little bit of fall cleaning in the yard after I got done with all the Christmas decorations, and obviously that didn't happen. So like it was so nice out yesterday, so we finally cleaned off the patio and cleaned some more leaves up and stuff and my tree in the back you know it it breeds nuts on top of nuts on top of nuts and i can't stand it but i mean it looks really good now so um it's my sister's birthday yesterday and my oh, birthday's right. coming up i don't even know uh thursday if i'm not mistaken yeah thursday so well happy belated birthday heather <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> so i'll have a funny story when we get to our movies uh oh, right. i think i've made my decision for my number one three movies so uh, uh, the toiling is over the, yeah i think i finally uh did it. we're gonna have to after we're done with this top five we gotta have like a whole other honorable mention because i'm really struggling <laughs> i i really wish we would have done a top 10 because it's so damn difficult well i say right when we get to two once we get done naming that mm-hmm. then before we get to our number one yeah. That's what that's the episode we should do our honorable mention. Okay, I'm down with that. I'm All down right. with that. And uh really didn't get any feedback on the trilogy thing, so f- okay, trilogies <laughs> count as one. <laughs> Y'all had a chance. Whoever's listening to this, you had a chance. What was it? Now we're taking list- the power into the, our hands. Damn it, you one listener, you didn't even contribute. <laughs> <laughs> Would you cut out halfway through the episode? Did we say something out of school? What happened? Oh, oh well. Um, so yeah, dude. Yesterday was really nice. Got some stuff done. Cleaned the house. Really, I mean, it's not nearly done, but did a lot of cleaning that needed done. And uh, I, I, I don't know, dude. Like it, it sucks to do all that stuff, but once it's done, man, it's, it's so nice. And tell me that godforsaken laundry. It's just like every time. It's like all, every time you take ten steps forward, you get knocked back a hundred. I mean. Like, it, I'm sh- it comes out of nowhere real I'm, quick. I'm sure that other people can uh, relate to this, but I do the laundry in the household because I've always done it. I mean, I have like my work, my work clothes that I do, and I've just always, I've always done the laundry. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's a big deal, but I'm the go-to person. Like, where's this at? Where's that? At? I have no idea. I just do it and I throw it in the basket and then you dig through it and then you dig through it and then, oh wait, then you dig through it. I have no idea where it's been since it came out of the dryer. <laughs> Look, <I'm- laughs> Once it goes on that journey and everything, it's, it's out yeah, of my hands. I've already, you know, I, I, I let it go through the process. I, I chaperoned it through daddy's daily, you know, laundry cycle and, it was funny. I got like dryer sheets and laundry pods the other day. And I'm like, hey, go throw this on the washer and I'll put it away. And I'm thinking to myself, that kid probably doesn't even know which one is which. <laughs> <laughs> just put it on something. Just put it on one of them appliances. So yeah. that's the thing, too. It's just like once I give you the ring, to, uh, the ring of power, 
Mm-hmm. After that, my responsibility is done. It's up to you, basically, to get it to Mount Doom. Yeah. So yeah, laundry is done. It, that just yeah. It, <laughs> the way our schedule goes, man. After work, and we work Saturdays, and then once once we hit Saturday night, it's like, damn, I gotta hit the reset button and start all my shit again. Yeah, it really is a. I think being an adult at this point is really a wash, rinse, repeat kind of process <laughs> right now. It's like you're just doing the same goddamn thing over and over again. It's basically work, come home, maintain, work, come home, maintain, work. I mean, at this point, I'll be completely honest with you. I cherish naps over sex right now. (laughs) (laughs) If that that makes any sense at all, (laughs) I do. And... That's the name of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Naps <laughs> over sex. Dot, dot, dot. Again, I, I know it's that old trope of remember when we were younger, naps were oppressive, and now they are a commodity. <laughs> I want to take a nap. Uh, exactly. Now I, I wish Bitch, I, I would do anything to take a nap. Oh, I, I, I put my daughter in a headlock, which I probably have had done in the past just to get like at least a good hour. Just to recharge, because like I've told everyone, once you get over forty, which I am now, it don't you don't get better. I got one more year, bro. Oh man, hang on to that. Like Thursday, I'll be thirty nine. Yeah, I was about to say when I was thirty nine. I'll be honest with you, man. I was dreading turning forty, and now for because I always think it's always that right. You're taking that toboggan up the hill, your (laughs) twenties and mid thirties, and now it's just that toboggan right down basically <laughs> it really is instead of we now it's just pee because you gotta wake up and pee every two hours because you got a pea-sized bladder and you're praying that you can i'm almost qualifying for the pins at this point right now because it's just like i can't hold it like i used to be able to and now it's just like doing that pee dance like when you were a five yeah and yeah. negotiating with God, like, please, God, don't let me piss my pants at work. Please, God, don't let me piss my pants at work. <laughs> me, so, it's yeah. more like shit my pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> column A or column B on that one. And speaking of, like, that Lord of the Ring journey, that so, but we have to. <laughs> You're really struggling on that I'm, one. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to watch my words. I'm trying not to let English whoop my ass, but right now it's already got like a one round TKO. So you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at our job, we don't have restrooms on our side, so we have to trek all the way to the other side of the building. And if going back to the whole Lord of the Rings analogy right there, it really is like going <laughs> on a on a journey. You have the to walk of shame. Oh, really is, as one of our coworkers said, it really is the walk of shame that you have to do back and forth and, and dodging forklifts and hand carts and all this other nonsense yeah yeah and then, all right that's shall we get into about. uh the meat and potatoes the, the meat and potatoes absolutely I, I feel like we need to do a uh update on our current state of events literally state of events <laughs> oh oh you know i you know how i feel about puns right sorry but try not to get super political again caveat so what's the what's the latest update on the train situation in ohio dude uh right now i'm reading this is an article from the guardian okay so right now uh this was from 16 minutes ago so i pulled this probably about i want to say 45 minutes ago so about an hour ago let's just yeah let's go with an hour uh from the guardian 
Ohio toxic train derailment to face congressional scrutiny live. As we know, uh, our head, our secretary of Department of Transportation, Mr. Pete Buttigieg, finally made his trek to Ohio after three weeks and three weeks and our former president basically making a stop it there as well too so right now from the article it says democrats and republicans in senate and house have pledged to hold hearings on crash that has sparked major pollution fear Um, right now we're just looking yeah this is the jd vance video um look at that just look at that oil slick man it is disgusting and our president actually got called out on this, which he rightly should have. Instead of President Day being here in the United States, he was abroad in Ukraine, basically committing to them more money. Meanwhile, become a little bit more passionate about this. We have people here that are hurting, especially in Ohio. And we talked about last week as far as like the hush money that they were trying to give them. Yeah. So right now, it looks like they are going forward with this and they are going to start having congressional uh, hearings about this as well, too. Like what could have been prevented? Um, A lot of the whole BS has been debunked. That is the former administration's fault that because they cut corners because of cutting regularities or regulations. Regulations, regulators. I'm gonna. I told you. Um, English in the second round knocks my ass out again. Finish him. You lose. <laughs> so we got that going on, but it looks like there's going to be some accountability taken on this right now. It just sucks that our government and the administration that's in office right now took this long to actually address it. I mean, February third, and you're just now coming out. And, uh, and I felt the funniest thing with him coming out, Pete, that is, is the whole he's in a hard hat and a vest like he's ready to get work done. And he, and I'll be honest with you, it looked like it was just a photo op. I'm going to take my pictures and I'm out of here afterwards. Well, isn't he a hypocrite? Because wasn't he just complaining about too many white guys in construction? I mean, he's filling the same. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. That, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Typical white man in a hard hat and a f-ing vest trying yeah. to act like he's doing his job. Look at me, guys. I'm one of the good ones. Shut up, stupid. <laughs> and, uh, my uh, only question is I know Trump came. It was mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. We all know Trump wants people to like him. In all honesty, all the all the BS aside, all the politics aside, everybody's saying, oh, he's just trying to get a photo op too. He's just trying to campaign, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that may all be can we true. Stop acting like, real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt, but can we stop acting like both sides don't try for a photo right. op? Right. I mean, if we go back a few short years, wasn't Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doing a photo op at the border with the, her crying over a fenced-in area? Yeah. So stop with the whole, it's just Republicans that do photo ops. Both sides just do it. Uh, all that aside, you know, did he show up in a hard hat and a vest and pretend to care and shake a couple hands and kiss babies and leave? The you dude mean, brought like 13, 14 pallets of Trump water, which I think, uh, I think it was more than that because it was, a, if I'm not mistaken, it was on a 53 foot trailer. So it had to be more than that. It was 20 plus uh, pallets of water. Then treated all the, if I'm not mistaken, treated all the first responders all to McDonald's, <laughs> which I, 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 you know what, beggars can't be choosers, but it, I love the fact that he really is just one of those down to earth guys that just 
Hey, I'm not going to like Malone's Steakhouse or anything like that. It's like, hey, you want the uh, filet fish? All right, let me get like ten of those. Ain't that. Was, the fish coming out of this water. Exactly. Oh Lord, how much <laughs> was that made? Was that fish made here? No. <laughs> no. Oh, thank God. But yeah, it's just that's the one I look at right there. I mean, yeah, was it a photo op? Possibly. And at least he showed enough chutzpah to actually come to Ohio and actually like support the people that were in the community that were affected by this. Yeah. Rather than I look at nothing but a photo op with Pete on that part. Well, was Pete? Thing. Here's my other question. This is kind of what I was getting to. Was Pete even going to show up until everybody started going, "Holy crap, Trump's going!" Kind oh well, I guess say, we better get on the fucking airport and get over to Ohio. I think it wasn't it two or three days after Trump was here. That's when Pete showed up. Yeah. Because let's be honest, that's a bad look when the former president shows up, then someone from the current administration shows up. Yeah. Because, you know, the president of the current administration was too busy spending our tax dollars overseas when we need to be spending tax dollars on this shit. At this point right now, it does look good that there's at least going to be, like I said before, some accountability for what happened so they can actually look into it. Let's just we'll wrap this. But the regulations, I know that Trump was real big on on regulations, but that was more for like companies to make sure that they're investing in the United States and not going overseas, like lifting certain regulations so it wasn't you were handcuffed to do business in the country that you live in and the country that you started your business in you didn't cut safety regulations did he like is that what they're trying to like equate like and just say oh well it was all trump's fault for cutting regulations and this is lumped into that yeah that's exactly where they're going with that is they're trying to say that he was on the side of the lobbyists who wanted regulations which is a capitalist idea so that's why they weren't just like the faa yeah you see how the faa has all these regulations but the train industry does not have these regulations they try to blame like i said the previous administration for that but my whole qualm is all right, you saw that the regulations, in your opinion, the regulations were too lax. You had two years to fix that before this major thing happened. Yep. So if you're trying to say that it was lax, then you're complicit in it as well, too, because you saw this being you're, you're guilty by association. Then if this is what the what you're going with is that the Trump administration was so lax on these rules and regulations then you're complicit just as well, too, because you had two years before, like I said, this happened yep. to do something about it, to change those rules, to make them more more restrictions and more regulated as well, too. So they're following the, following the letter to the T. That's the way I look at it, at least. All right. So we're going to have congressional hearings. Hopefully the residents are going to get taken care of. All right. Let's uh, let's move on oh, please. from the highly contested Ohio news. Um, did anybody see Ant-Man? Did you see Ant-Man? Uh, I did everything but watching it, man. Uh, I think my tells needed clipped that night, so I just said that. <laughs> it was self-grooming night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing worse than when you have to put your trying to shave everywhere and you gotta put your foot up and you're already a fat man as it is. I'm telling you, Sean, you hit it on the head. I think comic book movies are dying beyond uh faster than anybody could predict. Listen, man, I this is something I did not want to be right about. I know you didn't. This is one of those things where when I want to be right. I'm wrong all the time, and then vice versa. Right. <laughs> but I look at what we're going right now. I mean, I believe there was an article not too long ago, is and it was predicted. It was probably last week, actually, that basically said the same thing I did, mm-hmm. where 
are we at the end of the comic book movie genre? And uh, this is not good. <laughs> not good at all. So I'm going to throw something up on the screen real quick. Uh, this is from Yahoo Life. This is called Ant-Man, and the title is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania continues a bad trend at the box office for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Last Sunday, there were a number of positives to be found in the opening weekend box office performance of Payne Reed's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. The Marvel blockbuster notably didn't get the kind of critical reception that films in the franchise typically do because, you know, they buy them off because, you know, it's Disney. But it still managed to be 31st straight MCU title to open at number one, and it became the first title in the Ant-Man series to bring in over 100 million domestically in three days. Cut to one week later. The tone in the conversation has definitely shifted, as the Marvel sequel just experienced the worst second weekend drop in the MCU. Check out the full top 10 in the charts below and join me after for analysis. <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania suffers a 70% weekend to weekend drop. Oof. 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 In, the last, in the last week's box office column, I pointed out that Marvel has been developing a bad second weekend problem ever since the launch of what has been dubbed the multiverse saga while mcu movies previously demonstrated solid legs if the aftermath of their big screen debuts the average the average weekend to weekend percentage drop has begun has gone up a scary nine percent compared to what the franchise accomplished in its first 11 years launching hits after hit not only has ant-man and the wasp quantumania added to this trend but it's also set an unfortunate new record. Black Widow was 68%. Eternals was 62%. Spider-Man No Way Home was 67%. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, 67%. And Thor Love and Thunder, 68%. And Black oh. Panther Wakanda Forever was 63%. All saw big drops in their earnings after their opening weekends. But Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has set a new low bar for being the first MCU film to drop 70% in its sophomore Friday to Sunday. It's over. It's worth noting that uh, Destin Daniel Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, is the one exception to the 60% plus tr uh, trend as it only dropped 54% in September 2021. It Aww. puts... It put its numbers in a bit more context. The, the new comic book movies only made about 3.1 million more than what Ant-Man and the Wasp made in its second weekend back in 2018. And that's despite the 2023 release making 30.3 million more than its predecessor in the first three days. There are obviously a lot of factors to account for when analyzing any film's performance in its second weekend, such as new release competition and the shrinking in theater to streaming windows since the start of the pandemic. But oh, here we go. Pandemic excuses. What did I tell you? But in this particular case, it's hard not to consider the influence of buzz and word of mouth or lack thereof. Looking at opening weekend numbers, it's clear that Marvel fans were excited to see the big screen debut of Jonathan Major's Kang the Conqueror, the franchise's new heavily promoted Thanos level big bad but one has to wonder if 48% score on Rotten Tomatoes and underwhelming B grade on cinema score had an impact on moviegoers on the fence about whether or not to go to the theaters or simply wait a few weeks and make us or make use of Disney Plus subscription Woo, I think it might long. be I think it might be over bro <laughs> uh, that's, again I don't like being the 
the doom and gloom guy, but I'm more of a realistic guy. And seeing what they've offered for the last, I want to say, what, five, six years? Yeah. Has been subpar at best. And right now, you have Disney and Marvel are going to get their money. We get it. But just uh, they look at that return sales or that yep. return business right there or that word of mouth. And nothing's good right now with it. All those ones that you just listed off, yeah, were no good at all. Well, and I remember and, and, Kevin Foggy was like, "Oh, this is going to be the greatest movie ever!" Like, "Oh man, you're trying super hard to push this." <laughs> oh yeah, you can't just not push and say, "Hey, my film is dog shit." You've got to say, <laughs> "You got to pump it up," even though you know it's dog shit right there, so you can get the money. And it's all <laughs> buyer beware kind of deal. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it. I did see the last two ant-mans and i didn't mind them like i liked Um, it yeah i liked the first and second one but there's nothing in me everything that's coming out right now there's nothing in me at all that wants to see ant-man there was nothing like i gotta go see this movie yeah just like the like i said we we can go back to phase one phase two of marvel it was like yeah i gotta see these movies even phase three I it's, gotta and it's almost movies. like, dude, that that mentality from the past, it was, I don't want to be left out of the conversation at the water cooler. Like, everybody wanted to make sure that they were a part of the conversation, which I totally get that. You always wanted to be first to see a movie, or you always wanted to make sure you saw it opening weekend, because A, it's it's like a different mentality now. Whereas, I want to be able to talk to my, my friends at school about this. Now it's, Absolutely. I gotta go see it because it's gonna get ruined on social media, and I'm gonna, you know, everything's gonna be you know spoiled i'll be honest with you that's exactly where i was thinking about that it was a it's back when we were in school when i'm old enough to like when ace ventura came out or the any jim carrey movie that came out during that time it was you had to go see it or you had to bootleg it or you had to do something to see that because you didn't want to be left out of the conversation everybody's telling jokes and you're like oh I, I got nothing. Yeah, because, <laughs> but and this Cyber guy over Mark, here said he's smoking, and I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> somebody stop him! Why? <laughs> What's he doing? That's one of those things where Samsonite. <laughs> I was way off. <laughs> exactly, and I just that's the way I look at it. Because, like I said, on a side note, that's exactly why my mom was very religious growing up, so she wouldn't let us do Halloween at all. Mine so. Too she would just to not make us feel left out she would give us mentos it's like mom <laughs> moms moms is not the same right there everybody's got like jolly ranchers everybody's got starburst and i got mental it's not even the fruity mentos it was the regular mint mentos so me and my brother had to go to <laughs> go to school defeated and everything would you go ask the stay-at-home guy Exactly. I went as a bum. As a, <laughs> I didn't leave the couch. <laughs> I, yeah, I, basically, I just went as stay-at-home guy. Who's he? I was, he's I a was guy. exactly. He's a you're, kid. You're bringing you're, you're bringing back uh, memories, dude. So my mom is the exact same way. Um, it got to the point where I feel like she felt bad because she had this mentality that, you know, Halloween was Satan's holiday and all this stuff. And it it's, was the devil's holiday. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 
you know, for our parents to grow up with that mentality, it's really not that uh, startling to me, I guess. But it got to a point where it's just like, it's just kids goofing off, dressing up. Yeah, there's some people that dress up in inappropriate stuff and they shouldn't. But like, it really was just kids getting together and going door to door and getting candy. So uh, my parents used to take my brother and I and my sister, we used to just go uh, to dinner and then we would go to Toys R Us. And then we would be able to pick out like a toy that was like, <laughs> I don't know, 10 bucks. <laughs> really not the same, but I, it's I, not. It's the heart behind it. I get it. But it's just that whole, it's not the same when you don't get to go. And I, I agree. That's exactly when I'm pretty sure you can relate to this as well. It's like you don't want your kids to go through what you had to go through. Mm hmm. So we've already uh, talked about this. You're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So it's I my girls love Halloween. Love it. Love the pageantry of it. Yeah. Just the whole scariness of it. They're really into that. And it's like I'm not going to deprive them. Now, if it really was like some Satanist came out and said, Yes, this is our day, and we're trying to convert every kid into Satanism by dressing up as a blah 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 blah. Yeah, we got a problem. You believe in Satan. You dressed up as Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or the or the teenagers who put no heart into it at all. They just they rented a two dollar mask from Party City and decided <laughs> to put that on with a hoodie. Grab their like, pillowcase oh. and that was it and go get candy. Because I'll be honest with you, dude. Hey, whenever they come to my house, like how old are you? I, I give What's them your ID. I, I give I I grill them like they're on trial. Like, how old are you, man? 14. And it's like you couldn't even Damn, you got a lower voice than me. Get the off my lawn. No, it doesn't take much at this point right now. Get that trash off my <laughs> lawn. And it really is. It's like I, I now you'll be honest with you. I give them no candy, and I if they don't say trick or treat at least, I give them nothing. Yeah. And I'll sit out there with, I'll sit there and look out my window for like two hours at this point right now to make sure my house is getting aged by these little douchebags <laughs> who got slighted. So that. that Sorry to di <laughs> diverge from the conversation, but that's just what that. Man, we went that to Marvel to Halloween trends. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this show's built on. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to ADHD theater, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> to finish it off, yeah. Just to just to top it off at this point, it's over. I think it's completely over. This is just me. Taps. I think Gar I think Guardian of the Galaxy is their only hope at this point right now. Yeah, and I'm sure that's going to be a no continuation from that i it just all it's all about word of mouth at this point too so let's let's not take that into consideration because a lot of people went to go see guardians of the galaxy off of word of mouth i think the biggest drop off the reason why with ant-man is a lot of people it was i would say it was more of a 70 30 kind of like critique of the film 70 being true very not worth seeing again or they would it was okay, but I would never go see it again. And I think that's a lot. It does does influence a lot of people yeah. to go. Because I'll be honest with you, I like like we talked about in the earlier episode. I really want to go see Cocaine Bear. <laughs> like I said, I just want mind numbing entertainment. I don't wanna, yeah, exactly. And the uh, same thing with uh, Burt Kirshner has a new movie coming out with the machine. The machine. I mean, it just the previews alone makes me want to go see that. Yeah, because that's what I was going to try to set up a lot of things like you, your brother, and just like guys, we got to go see this movie. It looked, and that's the first time I've actually been excited about going to see a movie. Yeah, 
Well, and like I know uh, this past Christmas, we were like, you know, just get uh, give me some gift certificates to a re- restaurant and a theater. I like to get out and go do some stuff. And it's like it's a totally different reason to want to go to the movies now. I mean, do you agree with that? Like it used to be, hey, guys, we're getting off of Friday. What movie are we going to see? And then it was just like, well, what's out? I guess we'll go see this one. Yep. Now it's that's just why, it's totally that's why going back bro. to our last conversation about the worst movies. That was they right there. Yeah, was, it was. We it was settled. Fr- it was always Friday after work. Hey, what are we going to go see this week? Uh, so, uh, ah, man, these stink. Let's just pick one. Right. Um, we're talking about all this movie and the reasons we used to go to the movie theaters, and it's just totally different now. And it's so expensive, really, realistically, to go to the movies now. Yeah. I mean, it is. It used to be used to justify it with, well, you know, we're getting out, and then they started doing dine-in theaters, and you're like, well, it's a little expensive, but I'm getting food and a uh, and a show, so there's that. And now it's just even more money. Just to, I mean, going to the movies here with with my family of four, after mm-hmm. buying tickets, after getting snacks and whatever. I mean, you're talking a hundred bucks. I was like, you're down a hundred bucks right there. I mean, and it used to be, you. <laughs> man 20 bucks to go get a snack and a, and a ticket oh yeah used to be able to get that fake school id just to get the student discount prices now i gotta oh. hope for my aarp card <laughs> <laughs> your golden buckeye car hasn't come yet <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> oh I, believe me i'm closer to you than you that's why i say you hold on to 39 like grim death yeah mm. all right well do we want to get in do we want to get into our uh Number three picks. Let's start with the negative and then we'll end on the positive, like we always All say. Right. All right, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where I this is why I love Rich Wagner like no other. Because we both had the same pick for number, number three. three. You want to tell them what number three is, sir? The holy blasphemy that is a Batman film, Batman and Robin. God, this movie was awful. The fourth installment of the Batman series, that's where they were banking on, I think, was just the names that were in there. Yep. Um, Let's see, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, George Clooney as Batman, Chris O'Donnell as Robin, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, Alicia Silverstone, which we discussed, I believe this was the movie end of crushed her career. <laughs> I think this was a bad, <laughs> it's just so bad. Um, of course, Michael Gold, God bless him, who played Alfred. It's he like was like the in, only original hanging on, like, I guess thing. I gotta do a Batman yes. movie. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and Pat Hingle, don't get forget about it. Oh, yeah, don't well. forget about, yeah. Yeah, Commissioner as Gordon. Commissioner Gordon. So I, out of the whole, during that whole time period, out of the four Batmans, those two are the only two that were true soldiers that actually muddled through that nonsense that is Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But again, Batman and Robin, that's just... Batman Forever was watchable and it was entertaining. I mean, because Jim Carrey was at the height of his career i think and i didn't think he was a bad riddler he was like a combination between the riddler and the joker but uh, he the, really rem- combination he really reminded me of frank gorshin from the 66 show like he Ugh. was real camp and real <laughs> like, and that's what it was it's just there was no combination it was just a reenactment of the joker yeah so but i mean Batman we gotta from- put some riddles in here too so that way we can justify the riddler <laughs> right 
I mean, I didn't mind. I didn't necessarily mind Batman Forever, but this just took it to a whole it's new. It's acid. <laughs> That's all I. My shoes are melting. It's like just drop him, Batman. Please, I know you don't kill, but please just drop. <laughs> Dropped his jackass in there. I'm just sick of his voice. Ah, lady. So Batman and Robin, though, was so cheese. It was yeah. seriously like they blew through the budget and the costumes and the and the sets, and they had no time for post production. Like you, could you didn't see like the... the wobbly ice. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Like, hey, freeze! I'm Batman. No oh, shit, dude. I told you that is that part right there always gives me douche chills. Hey, little well, freeze. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Well, and oh, come shit. on, man. The only reason they, they hired Arnold Schwarzenegger for Mr. Freeze was, I swear to God, they, they were like, oh, look at the props department. They built this badass Mr. Freeze costume. It weighs 250 pounds. Who the hell are we going to get to wear that? Oh, Schwarzenegger is available. Okay. okay. He can get a couple one-liners in there. Take and two of these the and call me in the morning. Oh. Like, really? <laughs> what killed the ice? Oh, what killed the dinosaurs? The ice age. It's like... <laughs> the dialogue they gave him was just all ice puns <laughs> and if anybody knows anything about victor freeze he's one of the most intelligent yeah i guess rogues of batman right there because he was a scientist well you can't while we're talking about bastardizing a villain bane oh. was in this movie oh my god he was like an incoherent <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm not. I'm. You can't argue with that. It really was. It was. Bane started off. If I'm not mistaken, you can correct me. You're more of the historian. But Bane was an intelligent mercenary. Yep. That basically that end up with all with that the, juice that he or the venom, the venom. That going through his body. He wanted to beat Batman so bad that he overdosed on it and when Batman finally defeated him left him in a non I won't say non-educated but just a a jock kind of the stereotypical jock that we always see well like here's the thing so in the comics it was a huge event which you know back in the late 80s to the 90s everything was this long drawn out and they're still doing this bullshit for you to buy more comic books. Oh, but absolutely. You had the death of Superman, big iconic event. Well, then you had Nightfall where Batman breaks his back by Bane. And it was like even longer than the death of Superman. Like it ran through everything. And it was such a huge storyline. And this is how you bring Bane to the to the big screen by a guy who mumbles one one-liner words. Not even one-liners. It was just like, one word at a time like what this like is... he was constipated all the right. time poop <laughs> <laughs> this movie was so bad i just from and start they, to finish they just took li- they I made just... back dude they made bad girl alfred's ne- niece niece yeah no i really want to help batman and robin oh okay i've already made you a costume <laughs> I, th- thank you. What the hell was that about? I don't know. They had a pre-made costume already ready for her. Oh, Alfred was like, I knew you'd want to do that. Here's your costume. You don't know anything about fighting, whatever you'd grow. <laughs> you so know the, how to ride a motorcycle. Congratulations, you go fight crime. So the man all right, if we're gonna go with that premise. So the the boy that he's in charge of, since he was or since his are basically his parents butler. 
Yep. Who basically is Batman's <laughs> true psychic. Let's just call that what it is. Yeah. Batman is the uh it was the Oracle before the Oracle was the Oracle. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yep. So Alfred was uh, Batman's eyes and ears on the ground. And, and Batman really was him. or Alfred really was his his humanity and his conscience like his moral to... compass basically. Yes, yes, for sure. It did not want him to be involved at all in this lifestyle at all, but goes along with it because who knows? I think there's a lot of reasons, but we'll go with that. But he already had a pre-made costume for his niece ready to go. You know why they did it, Sean? You really want to know why? I have an idea, but go ahead. I hate this. I hate this statement, but it's so funny and true. It was in the script. (laughs) It was what? It was in the script. Oh, God. <laughs> Boo! Oh, my God. That, if, I mean, Joel Schumacher, after that monstrosity of a film, should have never been in Hollywood ever again. Mm-hmm. For what he did, he should stay in that genre of what he was doing, but directing a Batman film was not, but they let him in twice. That's the problem right there. Didn't yep. he direct Batman Forever as well, too? Yes. Yep. We should have known right over there that the, the writing on the wall was there with Batman Forever with the bat nipples and the neon like lights and everything. The we rave should... of Gotham City. Oh, it was, uh, somebody <laughs> screamed. <laughs> I should take an ecstasy pill with that one as well. Criminals but, running around with black light paint all over them. <laughs> fluorescent shit. I'm just vibing, man. Bro. But that's what it was and he shouldn't they like i said the writing was on the wall with batman forever we should have known but we didn't think that he would take it to the extreme on the other end i mean batman having a credit card word or uh going up in a rocket ship and surfboarding down back to god so stupid god (sighs) or putting the robin emblem on his bat symbol man get the hell out of my face with this nonsense and this movie is how, give me a 1997. So this movie is almost 30 years old. This and isn't that, even like a movie that I'm like, ah, nostalgia. Let me go back and no, no. <laughs> this is I'm a like, movie I'll that I want to control, alt, delete, and pretend it never happened. I I love hate watching things as well too. And this is one of those movies I love to hate watch. Like, oh, what is this shit? <laughs> what is this nonsense about? I mean, again, but you got to give it to George Clooney. I think he's a complete jackass, but he knew what he did. He, <laughs> he did apologize for Batman Robin. <laughs> I think that is a stand up thing right there, because, again, after all the backlash from it is like, yeah, we we put out a piece of shit. Sorry. And I like to apologize for that because on paper, he looked like, he looked like the Batman character, not so much the Bruce Wayne character. Because we've already discussed this, like in past, like and everybody they gotta have a good Bruce Wayne slash yeah Batman persona. I and that's why I just I I don't think they found I, everybody gets on my case when I say that this is why I personally think that Ben Affleck was the best Batman. I agree. For the simple fact that roles. he had he had he he was able to pull off multiple roles, meaning he looked like a Bruce Wayne type of character. And he had the Batman. I mean, if you take away the ass chin, then he basically looked... Giggity, giggity. Exactly. <laughs> goo. 
he had both aspects down. And I, Christian Bale had the Bruce Wayne down. The laryngitis Batman was no good. I mean, in hindsight, everybody has now like come to because I've always said that myself. Like, why is he talking like that? I that's a horrible Batman voice. The one reason I like about the Ben Affleck Batman is he had that voice modulator voice on there. Yeah, I, dude, yeah. Most people know what your voice sounds like. Let's be completely yep. fair, especially with Bruce Wayne being the billionaire playboy. He's uh, he's in the news all the time. Always has sound bites, so you're gonna know what he sounds like. With them changing the voice as well, or him having that voice modulator that changes his voice to something more menacing, right there. Jack, I think I think it is absolute genius right there. So that's why, in my opinion, I think he same thing with Val Kilmer. I think Val Kilmer was a great Bruce Wayne, horrible Batman. Michael yep. Keaton was a great Batman. I think horrible Bruce Wayne. I, I do. We're we're in total agreement. I, I feel like they didn't hit the when you're casting for Batman, you have to be able to cast for two characters. And I feel like Zack Snyder got it right when he put Ben Affleck. And I'll be the first one to be on the train of, and we're going down a rabbit hole here. But mm-hmm. I was pissed when Ben Affleck got cast as Batman. I was like, oh man, really, pretty boy? But no, because he still had that stink of Daredevil on him. Well, he still That's had that stink of Geely and all the other. F- and bullshit that he put no, out. I don't even count Geely as that. I mean, <laughs> that was his own little disaster by itself. But when he's already been in a superhero role and it was yeah. completely awful, that's why. Yeah. And that was the one case where he played a great Matt Murdock, but a shit daredevil. Yep. So I agree with you, dude. Like, he was the first one to actually get the to be able to fulfill both roles that were required of a person playing batman and bruce wayne and the same thing with i'm gonna be honest with you i think robert pat and for as much shit as i give him sparkles think, oh yeah uh, emo batman or emo <laughs> bruce wayne yeah I, I think with a little tweaking he can be because he looks like he's got the as soon as he gets out of that little funk and doom and gloom bruce wayne right there and actually embrace because we already know it's been said many times bruce wayne is the alias batman is the actual is the identity yep exactly so i think with if you get out of that brooding bruce wayne right there and you actually make him into a billionaire playboy i think he could quite possibly pull off being both batman and bruce wayne i agree that was my biggest criticism of that movie was there was no delineation from bruce and batman it was just one character, which because, yeah, I guess in the beginning, which is what they were going with, he hadn't established that yet. He was so focused on his mission. So I'll give them that. They they it was in the it was in the confines and the lines of the story that they're trying to sell, but they need to that he needs to build that alter ego of flamboyant playboy. Yeah. And then Gotham, if you've seen um the TV show Gotham, yeah, you know what the penguin looks like in there, right? Yep. That's what Bruce Wayne or Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne looked like mm-hmm. yeah. was the penguin from Gotham series. So that's why I say just finding that perfect Batman Bruce Wayne combo is very key right there. Somebody that can know how to separate the two. Yep. And like I said, I personally think that, I mean, for most, like I said, I get trashed on a lot of times, but I think that Ben Affleck is got our nailed it birth perfectly for both absolutely so batman and robin i give so it four thumbs down 
Oh, I wish I had more hands. Let me give this film four thumbs down. All right, dude, you want to go with let's let me have your uh, number three winner. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go this off is your highly me. controversial one. This is my controversial one from, like I said, maybe it's not controversial to some, but number three for me would be Waterworld. Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> I, see, and again, that's that when I told you that on Saturday when we were doing like just going over what we were going to talk about, I was like, Were yeah, you surprised? I was surprised that you said that. I'll be completely honest with you because I thought, I thought. I know I'm in a fringe minority of people who actually like this film, but this is one of those films that I could sit through it. Whenever it comes on, I'll sit there and watch it. Man, if I ever got a boat, I would want it to look like Kevin Costner's boat in this movie. Uh, just as long as those big-ass monsters don't come out of the sea like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. That To this day, that kind of that's one reason why I hate going to the beach. <laughs> I know I'm in the shallow land and everything like that, but it's just that always freak me out about the ocean right there is i know i'm diverting off of this but just on our planet right now what have we 70 percent of the ocean has not been explored right so and that's all that's a stat that's always stayed with me even when i've read that when i was younger it was like why are we trying to go elsewhere to other planets when we haven't even explored our planet fully yet yep so that's one thing I've always, and just when I saw that creep, just like, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was something like that. Now that mm-hmm. the water has risen up past like a certain uh, height, I guess. And Lord knows whatever in that ocean is coming up with it. So Lord knows like all those things that are like, what, a thousand, lurking, 2000, exactly that those are the ones that scare me right there is and you see like almost every year there's something new that they pull out of the ocean something new that's been undiscovered for millions of years and it's always this freaky looking creature that lord forbid if you saw that in real life you probably pass out let's be real kids are scared of the dark and they're scared of like stuff in their closet nothing freaks me out more than pitch dark ocean water yes and you like that to me is oh god that's no like what is below my feet i can't even see my feet what could possibly be below my feet nope 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 yeah this is one thing i may he rest in peace the great patrice o'neill the comedian said was this is what we want in our aquaman there's just the creepiness of the ocean yeah the, the darkness of the ocean and there's a man that lives there there's a whole civilization that lives there in the dark depth of the creepiness of the ocean right there and there's a dude that basically controls everything there and i think that's what it was but i digress on that one right now it's our synopsis of Waterworld. is Waterworld is a 1995 american post-apocalyptic action film directed by kevin reynolds and co-written by peter rador our raider and david twally Whatever. <clears throat> Whatever. It was based on Raider's original 1986 screenplay and stars Kevin Costner, who also produced it with Charles Gordon and John Davis. It was distributed by Universal Pictures. Uh, so basically, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory where the whole world basically... The polar like, ice caps melted. Finally and... melted and it is above water now. Uh, the whole world is above water, and now everyone has to navigate above water. And Kevin Costner, this movie came out when? 95. Uh, so this movie is almost 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm telling you, oh Jesus, the article's about 1995. Yeah. <laughs> it says it right there. God. <laughs> Round three goes to English again. <laughs> Dude, the Not biggest good. takeaway from this movie was so underrated. Dennis Hopper. Such oh, a good bad guy. The man. leader of the smokers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh man, I love the leader of or the <laughs> I can't even say the guy from White Snake. It looked like he was the front man for White Snake, the old Andy's yeah. man, because he had that hockey hair as well, too. Yep. You, sh- you should have bought me that drink. <laughs> that mother- the annoying ass kid. I mean, it, it, I, I, if once you get past that, it, it's just, it was so, f- I, I love the movie. I mean, again, I know I'm stuttering over my words, but I, it was just the coolness of it. It's just a, hot, a half man, half fish. That basically can breathe and swim underwater, and he's basically being demonized by the the people that are still on land or what they consider land. But he's yeah. being demonized because he's got gills and he can swim underwater, which any logical person would say, "Oh my God, I need him on my team right there." Yeah, because so he, he can find the resources that we can't find. On yep. our makeshift boats. I loved it, man. It was just, it was just nonstop action fun, dude. I Absolutely. Think this came out when I was in the fifth, fifth grade. I, just, I love this movie. Because the part that always gets me is that, that old man that's in the, in the bottle, basically checking the oil levels. Well, you got the five hundred more yards of the black stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then when, when uh, Kevin Costner threw that. F- Flared oh thank food. god oh thank god <laughs> it's like it's over thank god <laughs> i mean you, i mean all around just good a good cast right there a great in my opinion a great script and yeah. i mean it does have a good life lesson right there too so i people want to talk about like climate change and all this other stuff i mean that was that's like a climate change is like wet dream movie right here yeah for sure so this is what's gonna happen. We've been telling you guys forever. This is the blueprint. <laughs> oh, the you're not gonna listen gonna to me. Underwater. I'm gonna paint over the Mona Lisa's face so you pay attention to what I say. Hashtag water world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> jackasses. All right. But yeah, that's my number three is Waterworld. What about movie. you, my friend? All right, so my number three movie is, and I, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm a comic book guy. I'm a comic book nerd. And it was really hard to look past this movie. And my pick has to be Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Now, not the original theatrical release, but the director's cut, which all it did was it didn't change the story, but all the director's cut did was put in all the stuff additional information that was from the comic that didn't really it did not really um change the story by cutting it but it was it was just a fan's uh salute that he did it and he and he and he did want to put it in the movie i mean i think the director's cut is like three plus hours and i love it so a little context watchman was the story was given to me by a guy I used to work with years ago. And I read, and I originally bought this graphic novel when I was on my honeymoon in 06, I'd heard about it, looked at it, never invested the time, read it the whole time I was on my honeymoon, hated the graphic novel, hated the story. Come back. When did this come out? 2009, 2009, 2009, March 6, 2009. When I, we went and saw it in the theaters and I f- loved it. 
and then I turned around and went back, reread the comic. This story is not for everybody, but it's it's almost like a quintessential uh, life lesson story that I kind of go back to and I try to read it every other year or something like that because every single time I read the story, I get something new out of it. And I've said that on my other podcast before too. It's not like I'm saying, this is kind of a, this kind of goes with Sean's uh, water world. This is kind of a controversial thing. Like the movie was, you know, controversial when it came out. Um, and me being a comic book person, uh, I like my source material to be exact, but the movie completely changed the ending that was in the comic book. And after you understand from a, music uh, from a movie practicality standpoint it made sense and it really didn't it changed the ending which is a big no-no in my book but i can appreciate both i can appreciate the original story and i can appreciate the movie and i feel like this movie was made by such a fan granted it it has a darker a darker color palette to it than the original graphic novel but i'd, I'd love this movie so it is my number three. And if you haven't seen it, I would suggest seeing it. And like I said, it's not for everybody, but it's it's a hell of a good film. It was made beautifully and it was made with, I think, tender love and care to try to honor the source material as best as Zack Snyder could. And I'm a I'm a huge fan of it. So number three for me is The Watchmen. And have you noticed just real quick how Zack Snyder's original versions are way better when they when you actually watch the movie in context i.e watchmen i.e justice league how it makes life or how it makes it so much better oh yeah like his director's cuts yeah for sure oh absolutely because again it leaves a lot of things out because i know a lot of things got to make the cutting room floor i get that. yep yep but it's usually stuff that ties everything together yeah it gives you that aha moment oh that's why it sucks because when you think about something like this, and I understand it's a business and the executives and all these people have to make decisions to set a time because they're trying to sell theater times. They're trying to fill in the seats. They're trying to get rewatchability. Like you don't want a movie that's too long because you want you like we just talked about with the Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. You want your movies to, to have legs and you want people to come back and watch it. Now, if it's a three and a half hour movie, you're not going to get that. So to my point before, like, I don't think they did too much to the original theatrical version that it ruined the story. You got mm-hmm. enough of it. Um, but I really love the director's cut. It's it, that's why it's my number three for sure. Just real quick too. that. I mean, I know I keep divulging from this because, again, I think it's a great movie myself through rewatching it again, because at first when I watched it, it's like, ugh. This, yeah. this is nothing from DC. Oh, I this. And then once you actually start reading the, the actual comic book and just seeing how dark the characters are, like this is almost almost a realistic look at what superhero. I mean, they're not always going to be like a Superman type where mm-hmm. it's truth to justice in an American way, y'all. Sometimes you got to get gritty and dirty to get the job done, and that's what the Watchmen, in my opinion, is almost like. Like. Rorschach, the comedian, Owlman, um, like owl, yellow yeah. and black pants on. Um, you know, say I can't, I don't remember her name, Mister uh, Manhattan, Silk Specter, a Silk Specter. Okay, and then Doctor Manhattan. I mean, I love the fact that it's just a gritty, just superhero movie. 
Yep. And but the it's... twist and the twist ending right there was like, wow, that nobody saw that one. Unless you read the book, nobody saw that. Like left regular plebs like myself who didn't who watched the movie first before he watched the, or read the book was like, wow, that was out of left field right there. But to be honest, they still got the message across. The 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 message that I come away from watching this and reading this story, the movie, it got the message across, which was the most important thing. It was, yes, the ending was changed, but it wasn't detrimental to the overall message. And some, and it took me a couple times to, of reading it to really get the message that I needed to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not recommend this for kids for sure. I mean, oh, it is no doubt. it is very violent, very dark, very gritty, based off of a murder. I mean, you got the whole kitchen sink in this movie from, you know, murder, rape, um, just it is to me. It's like if superheroes were real, I feel like this would be the world that we would be living in. Isn't that how the Silver Spectre came about? Was the R word? Uh, Silk Spectre. Yeah. Or Silk Spectre. Yeah. So is that how she was like conceived was through uh, yep. for for saving that E part. Yep. And then that was like one of the big reveals of the story. And you're yeah. like, when I read it in the comic, I was like, oh shit, like that caught yeah. me off guard. But no, that caught, know. yeah, that was that was wild right there, to be honest. It's like, wow, that's that. What does that do to somebody's psyche right there? Yeah. So I, I would definitely recommend this. Alan Moore is one of easily one of my favorite comic book writers of all time i know he's he is a very i may not align with him on a lot of things but this man can write a story and i know he wasn't involved in the movie because you know he doesn't like his he doesn't like his material to be translated to film he's very much a writer and it needs to stay on the pages and how i had the the original content this is how i meant it to be and I mean, but his stuff sells, man. They're gonna try to make it into a movie. But um, I mean, I get it because again, so much can be so much context and so much of your the story that you want to tell will be cut. Yeah, I see, see, Zack Snyder about this. That who wants to? I mean, who wants to put their stuff on a film right there? But I mean, it's this this story was dubbed unfilmable, like it was impossible to film it. And I feel like Zach did the best. Uh, that he could and it did a really good job so i i became a Zack snyder fan after seeing this movie for sure absolutely and then honestly went on to to do 300 another iconic movie but does not stand up though let's but go ahead but i mean it was supposed to be over the top for what for what it was yes yeah i mean it was that was like he was paying homage to the original frank miller artwork and I feel like if you go oh, in there understanding yeah. it, like he did a phenomenal job. So that's my that's my number three watchman. Very so. good. All right. Well, all right, Sean. Always great time. Love talking to you about this stuff. Um, if you guys want to get into the conversation, please feel free to uh, hit us hit us up on our email at bswrspodcast at gmail.com. Again, we really do appreciate you listening, giving us a shot. Uh, You know, give us some feedback. Let us know if we suck. Let us know if we don't talk about this enough. Uh, I know we're trying to aim more towards pop culture entertainment. We're trying to eliminate the politics, but, you know, sometimes certain stories, I feel like we need to weigh in on it. Absolutely. It's on our hearts and stuff. So until next time, Sean, keep your head up, man, so you don't step in bullshit. This is Rich. And love, pieces, and chicken grease. This is Sean.
Thanks again for listening and supporting this RS production and giving this podcast a shot. I got to give a shout out to Brendan McPherson for his badass psychosis instrumental music that is attached to this podcast. What's everyone? Ah, ah, I already <laughs> fucked no, it up. First already. thing out of your fucking uh, mouth. No, I, I'm like 10 steps ahead. All right, here we go. I had you for a second. You're gone. Ah, oh, god damn it. We're not doing this (laughs) shit again. (laughs) And he's back. (laughs) I was going so well, too. What the hell? I'm like taking my camera off just because I'm scared the wife. I, <laughs> I was wondering, it's like I'm I'm talking to your avatar right now. <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm not giving it any reason to lag on me.